now transmitting the Mint Condition Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mink Dish Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott the Bot Savage, along with... Wade Wade. And... Joe. Oh my god, y'all are geeking. We're off, to a, we're off to a good start already. Well, I want, I want to do a back... I want to give uh, the audience a little back uh, background on what's going on. Uh, so we're using Skype to record this. It looks like, I don't know if it's always been there, but we discovered the raise hand... That's, it's new, trust me. I, I've looked for it. And we've been raising our hand at the most inopportune times. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what its purpose is, but if its purpose is just to give us some fun, sh- funny shit to do and give us some laugh, hey, I'm for it. The thing I didn't notice was I thought when you hit the button, it, your hand would stay raised for a little bit and it would go down on its own. But no, that th- that shit will stay up until you hit the button again. Yeah. Well, it- <laughs> It, it's there so we don't talk over each other. So like when it's if it's like a big meeting, yeah, somebody can put press the button to raise their hand if they have something to say. So, um, so what you're but saying? But we is- uh, we as you know the the millennials we are we don't use it for what it's supposed to be used for. Yeah. What you're saying, Joe, is this is a scientific advancement created in uh, due to the pandemic. Is that what you're telling me? Sure. Hey, Ray Ray, our, you think that's a good idea. It was a good idea. It was made for our entertainments. So that's oh. that's what we've been giggling for for the past uh, before we recorded like thirty minutes. Yeah, we, we're just we, you know we're just you know having fun. You know, it's like we like to have a little pre pre show discussion. You know, just to you know get us in the zone, get us in the mood. You know, but <laughs> oh man, you put that Ray, we noticed that raise hand button and. I don't know how much discussing and talking was going on so much as, hey guys, look, look at the hand, look at that little hand being raised. Hey, look at this, look, look at this hand. Also, guy from Home Improvement strangled his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. What about that fucking news that came out uh, overnight? Did y'all? I know Joe, you, you. I know you're more of a, as much of a Home Improvement fan as I am. Like I've, I I've watched almost all the episodes. Ah. I've watched every episode. I just so, don't. I don't. I don't feel confident in saying I've seen every episode, but I'm, I probably have. Well, I think I've seen. It's all on Hulu. I think I've seen three episodes total. Really? That's it? Oh my god! It's a great show. <laughs> I, add, I, that, I add that to what's the other show? I've oh yeah, I've never seen a full. I've never seen a full episode of Married with Children. That okay? So there's three shows that you that Wade needs to watch. Guys, Married with Children, Boy Meets World, and Home Improvement. The Holy Trinity. Well, I guess Boy ABC. Meets World, you, you can... Oh, wait, no, 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 Married with Children was Fox. Never mind. The Holy Trinity of sitcom of, of 90s sitcoms. Sure. Yeah. But what about Mad About You? It's okay. 
Uh, what about the Drew Carey show? I like the Drew Carey show. I, I just think it's like, it's good, but I don't think it's great. I think it's really good, but not great. If you ready makes- to get a bunch of nasty comments? What about Friends? Friends sucks. Seinfeld's well, better. I mean, I've seen Friends. I've seen almost every episode of Friends, I think. Actually, I don't think Friends suck. Friends sucks. I, I do think Seinfeld is better than Friends, but I think I think you're dealing with two completely different shows. Like they're both sitcoms set in New York. That's about where they begin and end. But what about yeah, the mullets? Very different. The mull. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, Wade. So uh, Wade uh, messaged me the other day with oh, no. a tweet he found. From uh, I don't know where it was, but it was Wrong, from an episode of Raw with uh, I don't know the actors, but they were it was the Mullets, a short-lived TV show on UPN. Um, and the I mean, WWE, on campus. WWE went hard on this show. Like the first, like I think two of the episodes involved WWE. Well, it was on UPN, that's why. Well, true, but I'm saying because well, you know what, involved... it might have been SmackDown. Well, no, because one episode involved them going to. WrestleMania, and another episode featured Roddy Piper. Well, I know one of the actors, David Hornsby. He's the the one on the left, correct? Correct? Yes, he ended up being on Joe Schmo's show as Hutch, the asshole. That's a great for He's mostly known for helping develop Always Sunny in Philadelphia and also being Rickety Cricket from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So most people know him from that. We know him from like Joe Schmo show. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I now know the mullets. mullets. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and I, and I, it made me laugh because I, I remember the show and I remember like me and my cousin Ryan, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Ryan Riot of Strong Zero. Episode we, three. Uh, what? It was on episode three. Yes. Since, since, since circa day three. Um, we we watched it. I think we watched every episode when it aired. Um, we liked it. Uh, we like a lot of like dumb shit anyway. Like it's one of those shows that I think if you made it now, I think it would work after like the explosion of like adult and, and like the like alt comedy and stuff like that. I think it's a show that would have done a lot better now than it did then. I also think being on UPN was a bad idea considering it was like. At the time, I mean, yeah, you had SmackDown on there. But other than that, like, most of the shows were, like, basically geared to a black audience. And the Mullets was not – they had a black person on it. But this was not a show geared to a black audience. And I think it was definitely a case of the okay show, wrong network. If you'd put this on, like, another channel, like, maybe, like – if this was on, like, Spike TV back in the day, I think it would have done better. Than being on UPN, because I mean, it just it just wasn't a good fit. But I remember us really like it. And if anyone knows how to get a hold of the episodes, I'd love to rewatch it and see if I still think it's funny, or if I think it's uh, or if I do think it's it's fucking dumb. But I, I just of all the people of all the people to remind me of the mullets, it was fucking you, Wade. How yeah. how 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 did that come to be? I found it. Uh, now you watched it. That's it. No, no, no but I mean, like, that was you, the, yeah. like, like, who posted it? Like, I didn't really see who posted it. It was on Twitter. I don't know. I get random shit showing up on my Twitter. Uh, 
how much y'all want to bet low-key Wade watched every episode of the Molds 2 and he's just trying to look cool for y'all? Never seen it. Sky, i never seen fucking a full episode of Married with Children. Why would I? I've never, okay, hold on. So I've never seen a full episode of Married with Children, but I've seen all of the mullets. That makes sense. Well, you don't want to admit it because you're there, then everyone's going to be like, where can I watch it? You watch fucking mullets. Where can I watch the mullets? I don't know, but I'm going to find out and we're going to watch it. Why don't you ask Alexa? Um, that is a great question. I'm going to do that right now. Give me a second. I'm going to do it. This is live. We're doing a live Alexa right now. That sounds kind of dirty. I know. It almost sounds pornographic, but we're doing it. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Are you vaping? The mullets. I'm not sure. The mullets. There's a lot of hammering. Uh, yeah. So for those listening, if you can hear it, uh, my dad's doing some uh, work downstairs in the living room, so uh, you might hear some banging. There's also some uh, work going on outside. Uh, they're working on – I think they're working on the uh, – I guess, like, the water pipes or some shit. I don't fucking know <clears throat> what they're doing. But uh, anyways, anyways. Alexa does not know how to find them all. So I'm going to well, have to – Well, do don't worry. I, I have the opening right here. Oh, my God. The amazing lyricist who came up with those words. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's average. But my God, the lyricist who came with that. I mean, that's the logo. Can you can you imagine our podcast getting taken down because we played the mullets theme song? Oh, oh, there's more. Oh Jesus! (laughs) You know what's fucked up though? The one you call it looks legit. Like, the one dude, like, looks like the type of dude who would have a mullet. The other, the guy on the left, he looks like, he looks like he's, he's, like, uncomfortable and wearing a wig. The other dude, like, I could believe it. Yeah. Like, like, that dude should have a mullet in real life. Yeah, so, we're here. We're also, we mentioned last week we're going to talk about wrestling. And there's wrestling. (laughs) <laughs> we're gonna watch we're talking about monday night raw no we're not no we're not talking about raw it's you not scott, scott, and I, on scott and I on a rare occasion watch raw together because we had a prep sort for of. a movie well we sort yeah. of watch raw oh, yeah. oh god and then we started getting into fucking 90s commercials you know it's a real scorcher out there scott well it, well whatever I'll, I'll call today You'll call now. I'll call now. We were just, we're still dying after a week later of the Sears commercial, the I'll call now guy. Yeah, but Wade, what does the paper say about tomorrow? Oh, God, what's it say? Oh, my God. Another scorcher. Another scorcher, okay. I thought you were Cool. So we ended up watching the commercials from Ohio, Fox 9. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so we got bored with Raw because fuck it, and then we're trying to find these commercial comps, and there's some good ones in there, like oh, uh, the Pizza Hut, the Pizza Head commercials for Pizza Hut. 
where they're basically like, let's do Mr. Bill, but make him pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, and stuff like, and the Super Soaker ads, which, oh my god, the slogan, wetter is better, is not, <clears throat> you wouldn't use that also, as 2020. They show a Why lot not? of, like, phallic things, shooting Sounds water. very true. Well, uh, Joe, I'm sorry that you like to get wet, but, uh... I don't know. That's just not a slogan you want to Google, I think. The, How about safe search? Go on. The Gushers commercial where their heads turn into fruits? Yeah. Or like those, uh, that one hostess commercial where like the shark thinks that the lady in the, the, in the inner tube is a cupcake. But like, so we're watching all these cops and then it's like, I think, I think whoever makes these like forgets what a commercial actually is. Because then it's just like you go – it's like – if it's like an hour-long comp, it's like 45 minutes of tonight on Fox, on Fox 8, Ohio. And it's like, no, like those are bumpers. Those are like – no, though, that's not what we want to see. We want to see commercials for like products, things like that. Like uh, like the fucking McDLT commercial with Jason Alexander. Like that's the kind of shit we want to see. Or like those lame ass Pop Tarts commercial where they're like, "It's so cool, it's hot. It's so hot, it's cool." Like that dumbass shit. Fucking, fucking like anti smoking and anti drug PSAs. Like, like that one where the dude slowly turns into a fucking snake. You ever seen that one? No. Well, Are you sure it's not Edwards? Look that one up. That one, that one is kind of scary, even by today's standards. It's like this guy, he's like, he's basically like, he's like a drug dealer. And he's like giving you all the rap that a lot of drug dealers give about like how like, oh no, man, this is the good shit, blah, blah, blah. And like, the, like every time he, he'll like, he'll go behind something. And every time he goes behind it, he slowly and slowly becomes like, has like a snake head. I, do, like, I, I did demon. see this commercial. And, and like, it's a really good commercial, but it's just like, oh, so fucking creepy. I don't but, remember... I don't remember if I saw it in my own like home or if I saw it in one of these commercial retrospectives, but I have seen it where he turned like because it's really creepy, like the special effects they put into it. Yeah, and, and they make him into a snake. Hey, it's yeah. better than the one where it's like, "Where did you learn uh, about this stuff?" I learned it from watching you, Dad. Better than that. Hey, it's better than uh, you know, those commercials where like the two kids find a gun in the house. Oh, oh boy. Like playing tug of war with it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it shoots. I was like, what the fuck? <clears throat> yeah. Like, like, and then, and then right afterwards, they'll show Mentos, the fresh maker. They'll show those commercials right afterwards. Yeah. Like, I don't need oh. that. I'm depressed. Oh, by the way, by the way, speaking of, you know, cause we're talking about the commercials and it started with the Sears commercial. My favorite thing about that commercial when we were looking at it was going through the YouTube comments. And my favorite comment was, you know, maybe Sears would still be in business today if they would have, like, played this commercial during, like, grown-up shows and not from, like, noon to five on Nickelodeon. Yeah. There's, <laughs> like, there's like, a lot of, uh... Yeah, so that night of us watching Raw divulged into watching 90s commercials and then divulged into watching uh, Power Rangers intros, which was the better intro song... Uh, and then Operation Overdrive is the absolute worst. And then it turned into let's talk about VR Troopers. 
and how like ridiculous VR Troopers is, especially with the the doctor, whatever his name was. Uh, was it like Doctor Hart? Yeah, Doctor Hart, and just and like, like Woody, who looked like our old really- video teacher. Like the intro is just like all these cool things are happening, and then just a stoic picture of him just giving like a straight face, no smile, no nothing. It's the funniest thing. It's like imagine Nelson Mandela, like a Nelson Mandela looking guy, if like Nelson Mandela ran out of fucks to give. <clears throat> Basically, to, to sum it up, we were not high at all on Monday. No. We were not high. We just were tired of watching Raw. Like, seriously, you know your show's bad when it makes you want to watch commercials and, like, not even full episodes of shows. Commercials from two decades ago. Huh? Commercials from, like, two decades ago. Yeah. And not only that, uh, I gave way to taste. Uh, We didn't even watch a full episode. Whoa, you gave him a taste. Yeah. Of, uh, there was a show. Wade said he didn't watch it or didn't know about it. Joe, maybe you know about it. Do you remember a show on Fox? On Fox Kids called WMAC Masters. It was like a martial arts show. Um, WMAC Masters? Yeah, and like everybody had like gimmicks. Like you had like uh, Hakeem the Machine, and he had these like cyborg, this like cyborg getup. Uh, there was like a dude who I'm almost certain was the actor who played Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat 2, like in the video game. Uh, you had. You had another dude who was, like, like a gay biker. You had another dude whose gimmick was, I'm a tidal wave. And, like, look it up. You might it might, you might, you like it, Joe. It might be up, the kind of thing that's up your alley. But it's just, like, it, you know Raw's so getting what if I don't? Like, huh? What if I don't? Then that's, a, then that's your problem. Hey, hey, now it is your problem. Um... But it's just like, you know Raw's getting bad when, like, this is the shit we'd rather be doing than watching an episode of the fucking show. Meanwhile, Wade and I watched good wrestling over the course <clears throat> of uh, this past week. And Wade more so uh, throughout this past month because he's been following the G1 Climax. Um, yes. So, and I have been doing the uh, Collective. Uh Full disclosure, I have not finished it. I had a lot going on this week. Uh, some band stuff, uh, mostly songwriting issues, and just stuff going on around the house, family, what have you. So I was not able to finish it like I would have liked. But what I did get to see of The Collective was really good. Uh, so for those unaware, The Collective is usually put on uh, by GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, uh, during WrestleMania weekend. But because of the coronavirus outbreak and everything, uh, the collective was not able to happen, um, was not able to happen then. So they decided to do it now in October. And so it was made of 12 shows in three days, uh, most of which are GCW shows. There were one, two, three, four, five GCW shows in total. And uh, but along with GCW, you also have other promotions that were under this umbrella. So, uh, um, uh, Southern Underground Pro or SUP uh, was represented. Uh, Absolute Intense Wrestling AIW was represented. Uh, Glory Pro was represented. Um, uh, Freelance and Wrestling and Freelance Underground did a joint show. I don't know the mm. difference. I'm not very familiar with Freelance, so I can't 
go deeper into that. Uh, Black Label Pro, Shimmer, and Paradigm Wrestling were all also represented at uh, the collective. And the thing that was really great about it was this is like an exam, a great, I would call it a buffet of pro wrestling. You have so many different wrestlers to see, so many different styles, different types of matches, different things. Like if you like high flying, there's going to be a show or a match that's going to have you covered. If you like deathmatch, there's a show or a match that's going to have you covered. If you like grappling, submission, if you like, you know, comedy wrestling, if you like whatever you like, there's something here for everybody. But at no point do I feel like I you know, I always say if you when you try to cater to everyone, you end up catering to no one. And I think this was a not a case of that. I think this was a case of catering to everyone the right way to where I don't think any show dragged or was bad or anything like that. And there was, you know, I mean, especially with like a smaller crowd due to social distancing, you know, it was, uh, what? Oh, I was going to say, do you mind if we start G1? I mean, I was, oh, I thought we were going to, I figured we do collect <clears throat> since there was I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry, I'm so pumped, I can't hold my excitement, Scott. <sighs> All right, I mean, I was rolling, but. I know, I know, I know, that's why I have my hand raised. I literally ha had my hand raised, and you thought I was joking, but I was actually using, <laughs> I was using <laughs> Skype. I was using raised things so much. I know, I was using Skype for what it was used for. Somebody was crying wolf all <clears throat> this time. <laughs> Okay, fine. Even though that was an amazing role, and I'm sorry for wrestling and all involved, that that amazing role is going to have to be. We wasted the we're wasting the good role on New Japan. What you saying? This is Minkinish podcast. This is Minkinish podcast. Usually the podcast falls apart and has just lowbrow. What was that supposed to mean? I'm yeah. just saying, like, oh, like yeah, that's like. Well, I know, I know, Scott's gonna crescendo on the uh, the the Marco stunt stuff. So no, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna crescendo. That's that's like that the climax. That's the climax of the show. It, it's a gradual increase in volume. Yeah. Oh, I see what Wade. I see what you did there, Wade. Yeah. When I talk about the match show, you'll know you'll get why he's yeah. talking about climax. But yeah. speaking of climax, the G1 climax. Yes, I'm not gonna go through the whole show, the whole month tournament, but I will recap. Oh no, dude, you killed that amazing fucking role. You're going oh. through the whole fucking show. Well, oh, A block. Oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just say who's in it, and then I'll cover the past two nights, and I'll watch the finals this morning. That's why I'm so pumped. I've been up since fucking 7 o'clock in the morning. Jesus Christ. Go ahead. Um, watching this. So A Block was Yujiro Takahashi, Jeff Cobb, Ishii, Takagi, Suzuki, Taichi, Okada, Will Ospreay, Jay White, and Kota Ibushi. Block 2, I'm oh, sorry, Block B was Naito, Evil, Goto, Sonata, Zack Sabre Jr., Juice Robinson, Toriyano, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kenta, and Yoshihashi. And wow. I can't believe Yoshihashi is going to take it all. <clears throat> he didn't. Hey, Yoshihashi got a win, though, damn it. Leave him alone. I'll He's say a this. story of perseverance. I think everybody got a win, didn't they? <clears throat> nope. Yes. Actually, yes. Uh, oh, he got it, one? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you. Block A... On night 17 or whatever, yeah, night 17, which is Friday, which is the last night of A Block, 
uh, Yujiro Takahashi got his first win on G1. Nice. <laughs> he was at zero the entire tournament. And Yoshihashi was at two, but he got a win against Toriyano on night 16. Toriyano, uh, like, I was telling Scott, like, I was very, like, ambivalent with Toriyano for a while. I became a big Yano fan over this tournament. Because his tournaments, <clears throat> his tournament matches are never over 10 minutes. They're always fun and inventive and different, and it's always him trying to cheat. And sometimes he... Somebody getting hit in the dick. <clears throat> and sometimes he actually succeeds. Like, he duct taped uh, Sonata's leg to another person's leg and got the count-out win. He tried doing that again with Naito by tying to one of the young lions. I think it was Suji. And uh, he thwarted him. But, like, it's just nice seeing Toriano actually have a little fun. He outsmarted Evil. It was the Battle of Low Blows. <clears throat> so that was like that was the big one that I was like hell yeah and also Jay White has slowly but surely become one of my favorite wrestlers in New Japan and Scott probably has enjoyment of that because when he first became Switchblade I was very like eh he's kind of bland to me and I told and I told you I'm like dude <clears throat> you gotta stick with this guy I'm telling you yeah, me and Scott have been on the Jay White bandwagon since he was a young boy. That's right. Yeah, and the, the he uses, I told Scott this, he uses like this new psychology because Japan, they're running, they're able to have run shows with people there, but they can't chant. They can clap, but they can't chant. So Jay White, when he has a match with Okada, is like, Okada, Okada, trying to goad them to chant, but they can't. And like, that's like next level heel. That's like next level piece of shit right there. <clears throat> and he's just doing that the whole time. He got, there was one big moment, and there, this also G1 shows like there's cracks in the Bullet Club now. Like Kenta has a little issue. He he's okay with Jay White, but he's had he's had like kind of a little issue with him. Of course, the idea of Jay White and Evil both being the leader is that's got to be addressed at some point. Uh, but the main one was like he had a match with Takahashi. And Takahashi, you know, Jay White's in his sweatpants. He, he's not really dressed to compete. And basically, Takahashi lays down for the pin immediately. And then Jay White's, like, pins him one, two, and then gets off, like, refers counting too fast. And Takahashi's like, dude, this is embarrassing. Come on. So Jay White continues doing that, and then Takahashi's like, no, I can't do this. And then he starts beating up Jay White. And then Jay White wins the match, but he's, like, about to beat the, him to death with a fucking chair until Gato's like, stop. So I don't know if Jay White's being ousted at some point. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if there was kind of like a, a, a Bullet Club split. Like you had like Bullet Club Japan, Bullet Club, you Wolf know, pack. Uh, interna- I would say Bullet Club International. Yeah. Because, you know, because <clears throat> like not all the non-Japanese wrestlers are American. But... It kind of has to be done. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, I wouldn't, there's going to be... Like the OG Bullet Club, like you're gonna have Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and uh, Fale. Fale, they're like they're gonna be together. So, uh, well, we'll see. Well, I, well, what I'm thinking is like, like I think you're gonna have a split where it's gonna be like, and don't get me wrong, new people will probably come into the fold. But I think what it's what you're gonna end up with is you're gonna have a Jay White led <clears throat> Bullet Club with like him, Chase Owens, Tamatanga, Tangaloa. Uh, Fale and uh, Hikaleo, 
And then you're going to have like a Japan version where it's uh, evil, Dick Togo, Jado, maybe not Ghetto. Ghetto might stay with Switchblade. Uh, Yujiro, Taiji Ishimori. Um, you know, like like I said, like I think you're going to have a situation where you're going to have the, a Gaijin. Maybe that's what they'll call it. Maybe it'll, it'll be Bullet Club Japan, Bullet Club Gaijin, something like that. <clears throat> yeah. I think you're, I think you're going to see something like that. Or maybe the only reason I say that is because I personally, and Wade, you know, I've said this that like Evil should have his own faction. He shouldn't have joined Bullet Club. He should have left and started his own faction. Um, I think the only reason why I say they would do Bullet Club Japan rather than or something like that rather than just his own full-on faction is just because they already put all this time and effort into like uh, Evil as bullet club like they you know the darkness club shirt the dick togo shirt uh the mm-hmm. there there was a there was a like a chalk line style jacket you like know just, the just with everything going on like i think they put so much into the the evil and bullet club basket that i don't think they're gonna take him out of bullet club just yet like here's the thing like <clears throat> and i think something has to be done because when you watch a block and b block because they're evil and jy are in two different blocks jy white's always cheating with gato and then Evil's always cheating with Dick Togo. So you're like, they're pretty much the same wrestler. Well, I think that's the idea. I think that's the build. It's like, <clears throat> you know, who's going to out who? Because yeah. if you do like like that, like if you do Evil versus Jay White for like control of Bullet Club or whatever, it's like, okay, how, how, what are you going to, what can you do differently? Because it's kind of like they each have their own guy to nullify the outside mm-hmm. interference. So you can't, you can't, you can't go cheap. You know what it's, I mean? It's, it's like, going to end up legit. Or they both get ousted and Kenta is the leader. Oh, I, I forgot mean, about that. I, I mean, Kenta, had, Kenta does have that briefcase. He has a briefcase? Yeah, he won the New Japan Cup USA. So it comes in like a red briefcase. Oh. <clears throat> Which he uses as a weapon, obviously. Okay, but doesn't uh, that give him a, a match for the U.S. title? Yes. Okay. I'm guessing at Wrestle Kingdom, because, you know, with John Moxley right now, you know. Uh, <clears throat> so anyway, so night, six, night oh, 17. Oh, that'd be such a good match. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Night 17, uh, basically we're down. The finals of the A block was we had a four-way tie. We had Okada, Osprey. No, sorry, no, sorry. Okada, Jay White, and Ibushi. We did not have a four-way tie. We had a three-way tie. Um, so, yeah, so that's what was going to happen. So it was either going to be Ibushi, Jay White, or Okada. So on night 17, Okada has a match with Osprey. And you want to talk about, like, isn't Osprey in chaos? Yes. Well, he's not anymore. Yeah. Uh, yes, because he uh, he beats the – he beats – Okada by cheating. Uh, B Priestley shows up, which I was not expecting. Uh, and then, now, did she God knows, with him or did she show up mid match? She, she showed, up, she mid-match. showed up mid-match. Okay. She showed up mid-match. But they had there was a, of course t- this today with the finals of G1. They had regular matches as well, and there was a tag match, and B Priestley came out with the Osprey. Okay. But this this leads to the tag team partner of Great Okan, which is a young lion Scott was, been, was mentioning. Yeah, Tomoyuki Oka. He, yeah. uh, he wrestled under his real name as a young lion. He went to, uh, I believe, Rev. Rev, Rev Pro. That's probably why. Great Okan, for some reason. Well, that's probably why, because, yeah. you know, uh, Will Ospreay's in Rev Pro, so that's yeah, probably yeah. how that's... And, that's um, 
And he kind of I, – I don't know what they're doing this time around, but he definitely had like a Genghis Khan oh, yeah. get. Like, <clears> yeah. like, his outfit from there, from, from yeah. Rev Pro. That's definitely what they were doing. But it's, it's funny. Now he's called Khan. And he doesn't look like Genghis Khan. He has like one of those like, you know, uh, I forget what they're called. But he has like one of those paper, pieces of paper on his face, like a like a yokai. That's how he walks to the rain. Like a, he walks like a zombie for some reason. And then he takes it off and he's not a zombie. I'm it was weird. But he wins matches with the claw, turns into a choke slam. So that claw oh, He slammed. wrestled. Yeah. He had a match uh, today for the G1, the G1 Comics finals because it's not just the blocks anymore. They yeah. had actual matches. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Did he wear? Did he have like the little pointed hat in the robe? Yes. Yes. Okay. So he is. So it looks like he is keeping the gimmick. Oh yeah, like he had a match. And he beat the Shell Show a lot. Okay, because when show. I saw him, like, all I all I've seen him in was uh, the suit with like the little ponytail and everything, which I love. I think yeah. I think it's a great look. Uh, and then you know, like, so that means Osprey's now tied with twelve with Okada at twelve. Uh, and then Ibushi, uh, who did he face? I'm sorry. Ibushi fought Taichi, and Ibushi beat the shit out of Taichi. Uh, and then Jay White had to face Ishii, and Jay White, you know, there's a chance he was going to win it, but then Ishii somehow got that brain buster in and won. So Kota Ibushi heads to the finals. But night two, uh, so so uh, Block B, night 18. This is where it gets interesting. All right, so it's tied. Naito and Evil at 12 points. Then you have Zack Sabre Jr. and Sonata at 10 points. So if both Naito and Evil lose and and uh, Sabre Jr. or Sonata win, they're tied at 12. So now it's a, you have to do a tiebreaker. <clears throat> so, so Sabre does not win. Uh, Naito gets kind of screwed thanks to Kenta. Kenta did like a sneak victory roll and won. So Naito's at 12. So the main event is Evil... Versus Sonata. So if Evil wins, he's automatically going to the finals. If Sonata wins, he's tied. <clears throat> so you think, you know, Taka, Tanahashi, no, ta- sorry, Takahashi, Hiromu Takahashi is in doing commentary and Dick Togo gets involved. It's a big old schmoz. You know how that goes. Where Dick Togo gets and in, interferes, and Takahashi comes in and kicks him, and then Dick Togo uses the guillotine on Sonata. Sonata breaks, then Takahashi hits him, and then Evil tries to go after Sonata, hits Dick Togo accidentally. Sonata does the O'Connor roll. One, two, three, Sonata wins. So it's tied. So it's 12, 12, 12 with Sonata, Naito, and Evil. And I was not familiar with the tie-breaking rules. Of I'm not familiar with them either. <clears throat> okay, so basically, let's say Evil and Naito were tied. <clears throat> it the tiebreaker is whoever won their match together. So, like on night seven, Naito versus Evil, whoever won that match would get the win, would win the block. <clears throat> so the tiebreaker was Sonata, Naito, and Evil. Sonata was on a three match losing streak in the beginning got his first win with Naito and then he just beat Evil so Sonata wins okay so I'm like that's a very clever way to win a block basically he won based on these strategic wins and he was like he was like zero on the on the fourth night 
Like he was not doing good. So you have this underdog thing where he got the win. And this is a big moment for Sonata. This is the first time he's ever been in the finals, but it's also the third time Ibushi has been in the finals. Also, before you go any further, uh, we talked, we had met, we had talked about like the potentials and everything. And I forgot Ibushi won last year. Yes. I forgot about that. For some reason, I thought Jay White won, and that is not true. He did not. Uh, But yeah, like, uh, before the main event, Chono comes out. Fuck yeah. My hero Chono? Yes, and he does a promo. I was watching English commentary, because it was available. On the finals, they were like, we're going to do English commentary live. Uh, which was better than last time, because last time it was very, like, they were way ahead, like, to where before the three count happens, you hear it through the commentary, and it spoils it. They were, like, maybe a couple seconds behind, which is better. <clears throat> uh, so he, so they translated a little bit, and basically Chono's like, you know, we're leading the charge in the world of wrestling on how to deal with the pandemic. And then apparently he said... He said G1 Climax, but he was like, I have to be specific here. Chono said, the damn G1 Climax. In all caps. <clears throat> so, damn, you know, basically Chono just being badass. He has sunglasses on. You know Chono. Well, Yakuza. Yeah, he's badass as fuck. Yeah. So, Sonata comes out all Cold Skull-like. <clears throat> he's got like a silver outfit. It's pretty badass. And then Ibushi comes out with a taped leg. So, you're like, uh-oh. I don't know how that's going to work out because, you know, Sonata's finisher is either the Moonsault, which attacks your body, or the Dragon Sleeper, which attacks your neck. So I don't know how it's going to work the neck, but, you know, Ibushi, his strongest move is that, you know, I forget what it's called, it's called but it's that when he grabs him by the arms and knees him in the face. Kamigoye. Kamigoye. <clears throat> so that might affect him. So they had, the match was, it's also, by the way, the match ended up being the longest G1 Climax Finals match. Ever? <clears throat> yes, ever. So it was like 35 like. minutes. <clears throat> but you really think 35 minutes? I'm like, geez, I thought they would have longer. You know how Junior Yeah, have you would matches. think. <clears throat> yeah, well, apparently in uh, G1 uh, finals. Yeah, the G1, it's. I don't. They 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 hover around that mark. They don't do like the big Wrestle Kingdom like main event style matches. It, uh, it's it's weird because the, com- <laughs> the commentary says it best. Is like. They just had a nine month, like a, a one month tournament, so they're worn out. So they, the co- English commentary really worked out, saying like usually these matches don't. They were really pushing that this was usually these matches <clears throat> don't go super long because of this. Yeah, I, this is a basis saying like the match is gonna be long as shit. Uh, let me see the exact time. The exact time was. God damn it! Come on. It was like thirty five something. Yeah. I just, I just had it up. 35-12. Yeah. So, for 35 minutes and 12 seconds, it started slow. Like, they were just feeling each other out. And it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. <clears throat> there was a really scary moment where, like, um, Sonata goes for that missile drop kick, But, like, I guess Ibushi ducks. And then, Okata, basically, Sonata lands on his head. And Ibushi was, like, knocked. Like, he was like, what the hell happened? And I was like, oh, shit, that was, that's bad. So it gets, like, you know, he's got the dragon sleeper. It gets really good until... Uh, I wrote the segment, the sequence here. Uh, 
It was okay. So it probably had one of the the closest near falls I have ever seen. It was basically two and like two point nine five 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 five. Like it was so close because Sonata ends up getting. It's great. It gets Sonata gets uh, Ibushi in an O'Connor roll the same way he beat Evil. So the crowd's like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" <clears throat> One, two, and right before he hits Red Shoes, hits three, kick out, and everyone's like going fucking mad. Like, what the fuck? <clears throat> um, and then there's one little cool thing. Sonata then tries to do this Dragon Sleeper again, but he does like the Destino setup. Oh, cool. <clears throat> and then, but instead of slamming, he lands into, like, standing Dragon Sleeper. Though they kind of stumbled, so I don't think it got all of it. <clears throat> and then, and then of course, uh, Ibushi does the Kamagoye. What's it called again? Kamigoye. Kamigoye to Sonata. One, two, barely kicks out. I'm like, oh, my God. <clears throat> How much more do these guys have? And oh. then... Oh, before you go any further... Did Kota Ibushi do that thing I was telling you about where he goes to the, quote, dark place and, like, no-sells everything? No. Okay. <clears throat> Did not. I gotta um, find you a natural sight to behold. I've, I've seen it. Um, but then he gets, uh, he picks him up again, does the Kamagoye again. One, two, three. Ibushi, for the second time, apparently only two other people have done two consecutive G1 finals that beat yes. him. That won. And that's Chono and Tenzan. Yes. Yeah. Now, yeah. now, now Bushi has made history now, so now he's the third man to win two straight G1s. Wait, yes. wait. He's the third man? No, Mabel was the third man. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> and then basically he goes, like, he commentary. He basically is on the, you know, he's on the mic. He's got, he, there's a great moment where, like, he's got the flag, he's got the trophy, and Chono has his arm around him. And you can see Kotobushi's face, like, he's about to cry. Because that's a big fucking moment. Confetti's oh falling down. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, it's great. Uh, and then, like, he does, he does, you know, gets the mic and basically says, I'm challenging for the G1, uh, not the G1, the IG, IWGP World Championship, and I am going to become a god. Because that's the thing. I guess he wants to not be the golden star. He wants to be the golden god. Well, that, well, Tommy <clears throat> Goye, I think it means, like, it, I think they said it means, like, like passing God or surpassing yeah. God, because yeah, God in Japanese. He basically wants to win the title and become the legend, the God. <clears throat> Hopefully, this means the end of the uh, the uh, the double championship. I don't like it. I think well, the Intercontinental title needs to be split. Well, here's the thing: <clears throat> Wrestle Kingdom 15 is going to be two nights again. So they're probably going to Intercontinental one night and then the World Title another night. I hope so. Yeah. Like, but then, I don't know. Like, I just don't think we need double champions anymore. If you want to be a have two belts in two different promotions, that's fine. But <clears> I don't think everybody needs two belts in one promotion. And then post match, uh, you know, the backstage press conference stuff. Uh, Ibushi's just talking, and he's very sweaty. He's very tired. And then Jay White just applaud comes out applauding. And he's like, "Oh, that's great! I'm so happy for you." And I, I don't think Ibushi speaks a leak of English. So, like, Ibushi's just staring at him with that blank stare, like, what? <clears throat> and he's like, arigato. And he's like, oh, yeah, thank you. Huh. Then Jay White grabs, uh, grabs there, sitting to, uh, I'll just have the picture right here for you Oh, guys. I was going to say, is it this one? Yes, that one. <clears throat> yeah. Yes, it's the one. Yeah, I sent it to you, Scott, yeah. Uh, 
He's like basically saying like, oh, and then then the Kotobushi hands him like I guess a Zima. Yes. He hands Zima him like a drink. He hands him a Zima and it's oh thank you. And then they start to cheers. And then basically he's like, I and during our match I beat you, so you do not deserve that cha- that G1 climax trophy. But you know what? You can have this, but I want your title shots. So I guess that power struggle, it's going to be Jay White versus Ibushi. Well, wait. Well, yeah, because I think, if I remember correctly, the rule is if you win the G1 Climax, you have to defend your your contract. shot at, uh, against all the people who beat you. <clears throat> yes, the contract. So he's going to face Jay White, and that's going to be exciting. So power struggles on November 7th. And then after that, they're doing World Tag League and Best of the Super Juniors at the same time. Mm. Oh, that's going to be some tournament overload. Mm. Basically, I guess because of COVID, they had to push things back. But World Tag League and the first, basically the opening night and the final nights, they're going to share the nights. But then, like, let's say the next night is World Tag League. Then the next night after that is Super Junior. So they're not going to be on the same show. They're just on the same show for the opening and closing nights. Did they say how many teams and how many juniors are going to be in they each have, block? I imagine they they're going to be shorter but <clears throat> smaller blocks. They have not announced teams or participants. But no, no, no. But have they announced how many per block? No. Okay. Because no. I got to imagine they smaller blocks. So basically, at, like, middle of November to, like, the middle of December is going to be those tournaments. Okay. And then Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So I guess we're not having a Super Junior Tag League. I guess it's just one of those things that they're like, you know, because, you know, G1 is usually in the summer. So I think that fucked everything up. Yeah. Well, no, the only reason I say that is because Super Junior Tag League usually determines who wrestles for the um, junior tag titles. Yeah. But I guess not. Well, I don't. Aren't the junior tag titles vacant right now? I think so. Didn't didn't Rapungi 3K have to vacate them? I think because Yo's Yo is injured. I think. Yeah, I think if anything, maybe at Wrestle Kingdom they'll do like maybe like a four-way junior tag match, yeah. determine new champions rather than do a tag league because that would be oh my god to have three tournaments going on at one time. That's- yeah, just so to sum up, G One Ibushi. You know, I've always kind of felt like he's a great wrestler, but he's never really connected with me. I think he's I'm warming up more to him. Uh, Sonata had a star-making moment. This guy deserves the fucking world. Uh, J1, J, J1, J White is the man. Uh, You're welcome. <clears throat> uh, he's the man. Troyano is great. Uh, and Will Ospreay looks like he's making his own group now. And he's starting with Guido Khan. Guido Khan. Yeah, it didn't come out that way, Wade. Oh. Wade Ocon? Yeah, it's not like you said Wade Ocon. Great Ocon. Wade Ocon. Wade, great, same word. Um, Yeah, like, because English commentary, Kevin Kelly is like, well, he's left Chaos, so I'm guessing he's starting a new group. Or he's taking like, over Chaos. That's no, true. he's starting his own group. Shut up, Ocon is like... <laughs> Yeah. When you th- when you think chaos, like you think Okada, even though I'll be real, <clears throat> like stuff like chaos and Su- Suzuki Goon, they're kind of groups. They're not like you know Bullet Club and Los Agobernables. They feel like groups. They're more of like allegiances. Like if there's a tag team match, they're gonna be together. Suzuki Goon felt more like what you're talking about when they were banished to pro wrestling Noah. 
If you look up their time in pro wrestling, Noah, you they feel more like a gang <clears throat> there yeah. than they do in New Japan. I will admit that. So I think they need like you know those two gang those two groups aren't like gang mentality. They're just allegiances. Like how like <clears throat> like Goldberg was technically a WCW allegiance, but he wasn't really you know you know what I mean like he wasn't, he wasn't really fighting solid. for the honor of WCW. He yes. was just he was just you know. He just worked for WCW. Yeah, so that's all the takeaways from G1. <clears throat> it was exhausting. I watched... I probably skipped night 10 through 15. But, for, you know, I did from, like, 1 to 9 and 15 to now. See, that's my problem with a lot of these, like, multi-day tournaments. Is, like, it's good. And you know the matches are going to be good and everything. It's no doubt about that. It's just after a while, you're just like... I think it's because also you're seeing the same wrestlers over and over. You kind of get a little fatigue. Yeah. And you're kind of like... And also, oh. it's like you're running on Jap- Japanese time, so you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, well, and also... or I mean, I mean, after they air, you can watch whenever you want. I know, but you'll want to avoid spoilers. But, uh, but it's kind of like that thing where it's like when you're watching a football game or you're watching any kind of, like, sport where it's, like, it's based on a time limit, like, you know, it's like at the very least, the main thing you want to make sure you watch is like the last five minutes of the game. You know, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like that. It's like, okay, yeah, I know there's going to be some good stuff in between and this and that, but at the very end, at the, at the end of the day, as long as you caught the finals, you know, you're good. Yeah. So that's G1. Case with a lot of, a, a lot of the terms. <clears throat> so that's G1. So Scott, I climaxed. All right, but you, but you have to collect it. Okay, that was a good one. So yeah, so as I mentioned in my big long spiel before, Wade just bursted at the seams with G one, uh, just love and affection. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, as I said, I watched the collective made up of uh, GC, a, a few, some GCW shows, uh, Southern Underground Pro, uh, Absolute Intense Wrestling, Glory Pro, uh, Freelance Wrestling, Freelance Underground. Black Label Pro, Paradigm, and Shimmer. Um, like I said, it was supposed to be WrestleMania weekend because of COVID. That, that Those plans got nixed, so now they're doing it. Um, yeah, this was, this was, like I said, a really good example of, like, if you're just getting into indie wrestling or you want to get back into the indies and you're like, you want to know what's going on, this is a great place to start with any of these promotions, any of these shows, like if you want to do all the whole bundle, it's $140. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry. sorry, pickle sore. Like it's really like loud. right on your mic, dude. <laughs> I can't help it. He's a pug. What do you want me to do? Um, it's $140 if you want to do the bundle, but if you want to do a, a, you know, you know, cherry pick, do a couple of shows here, a couple of shows there, go ahead and do that as well. You, you won't be disappointed. Um, some breakout shows, like standout shows that I would definitely recommend is any of the GCW shows. So, like, you know, uh, Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F. Uh, For the Culture was really good. Um, Effie's Big Gay Brunch, Joey Janela's Spring Break 4. Uh, actually, Effie's Big Gay Brunch was also really fucking good. And uh, Josh Barnett's Bloodsport. Uh, of the non-GCW shows that I got to watch, because, again, I didn't get to watch any of night three i watched a little bit of blood sport but not a lot of the ones i got to see i would say southern underground pro um uh swing of the axe was a good a really good uh and glory pros are you wrestling son 
was also a really good show. Um, and like you get, like I said, you get different feels for different shows. Um, obviously, Game Changer Wrestling's kind of at this point they they started as more deathmatch, but now they're kind of like a little bit of everything here and there. Um, two of the sh- two of the GCW shows, in fact, uh, end on a deathmatch. Uh, Degeneration F ends with uh, Atticus Kogar versus Colby Carino in a death match. And uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, Joey Janela's Spring Break 4 ends with uh, Matt Tremont's final uh, match in GCW against Alex Cologne. Uh, both really good matches. If I had to recommend one, if you're a death match person, I would say of the, of the two... I would say watch the one from Spring Break, not just for Tremont and Cologne themselves, but just just the brutality was un- unbelievable. Uh, there was also at uh, AIW there was a really good um, the main event was a really good barbed wire no rope barbed wire match. So if you're into that kind of stuff, I highly recommend it. Um, of course, you cannot talk about Joey Janela's Spring Break without mentioning the clusterfuck, which was just that. Like I I never saw the clusterfuck before so i'm thinking like okay it's basically like the royal rumble it's like but i'm like no it's like the royal rumble if people just decided when they wanted to come in how many wanted to come in at one time uh yeah there were some wrestlers that um there were some wrestlers that you know some you're meeting for the first time uh wait i don't know if you would have been a total fan of it and i'll tell you why not only was there some intergender stuff which i think you you don't hate intergender i don't know <clears throat> But, I just uh, think I, I okay. I just think intergender is <clears throat> it's fine. Like for instance, if it was like Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan, where it's like logically Tessa Blanchard is a fucking jacked person, and Sammy Callahan, he's not like <clears throat> I had no issue with that match, but I have a match with an issue with like Tessa Blanchard versus Brian Cage, who's like a monster, and more of like I know like you know Rey Mysterio versus Big Show, the size proportions, but it's like. Like, I don't expect, let's use NXT, Killian Cross to have a competitive, Killian Cross to have a a competitive match with Aaliyah. I don't think anyone's going to have a competitive match with Aaliyah. Okay, okay, Dakota Kai. (laughs) Dakota Kai, um, no, let's be real. If you look at the size, uh, he would just destroy her. So it's, as long as they're evenly matched, but also intergender opens up to Joey Ryan. We don't, big pro- that name. Who, we don't say that who, name on the show. Who, by the way, he's a big proponent of intergender matches, and his moves were grabbing girls by the boobs and having them grab his dick. Shocker, Again, they, shocker he's a creep. Wow. Again, we, we're, we're, as a, after, after that, we no longer say that name on this podcast. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so there's some intergender... But, but, but the answer to the question, I'm very ambivalent to it. It matters on the circumstance. All right, well, there is some intergender stuff in it. Uh, there's some comedy stuff that you may not like. Yes, the Invisible Man was one of the entrants in the clusterfuck. Yoshiko, the, the blow-up doll from uh, from DDT, was in the clusterfuck. In fact, in fact, not only that, uh, so apparently, I don't know if they've done it in Japan, but in GCW, they've done this gimmick where there's a person who wears like all black and they're painted black and everything, as a shadow man who's basically in control of Yoshiko. And uh, they also were an entrant in the match, not just, they weren't just doing the movements. Um, 
There's also I found out there is a there is a, a wrestler named Donnie Janella who is not an actual Janella who looks enough like Joey Janella to where he decided to do like a karate tribute gimmick to Joey. Uh, he was in this, um, but um, it was a lot of fun. If you just like wild and crazy shit, it was really good. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, for the culture was really good. It was a um, all all black uh, wrestling card. A lot of great wrestlers on there. Uh, Lee Moriarty was on there. AJ Gray, uh, Suge, uh, Suge D, Pineapple Pete, Sugar Dunkerton, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he was on there. Um, also, um, Too Cold Scorpio was on there. He wrestled AR Fox in a really good match. And the reason I bring up that match specifically is at 54 years old, Scorpio can still hit the moonsault leg drop perfectly. It's fucking crazy that he can still do what he does. Um, also, um, but if there's one match from the show that I would say is a must, it would be uh, JTG versus uh, Des. Uh, no, not Des. That or what? Maybe did he wrestle Des? I, I, I get the rascals confused. Because they're both uh, in the Rascals. Give me a second. I want to make sure I say the right guy. Give me a second. Trey Miguel. It was Trey Miguel. AJ Gray wrestled De Desmond Xavier. They, The Rascals wrestled back-to-back. -back. And that was a good match, too. But... Um, um, Trey Miguel versus JTG was really good. Also, didn't know Trey Miguel was black. I thought he was Hispanic. Um, not that it matters. I'm just, you know, the more you know. I like, I like to know, so I'm not wrong. Um, but it was a really good match. Uh, JTG has not missed a step. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him in AEW or WWE or back in WWE anytime soon. Also, uh, I never knew his finisher was. Uh, it's called the Brooklyn Edge, and it's like he picks them up like a like the Razor's Edge, and runs. But as he runs, he drops them in a neck breaker, and it looks brutal as fuck. Like I, it's it's a really cool move. And the fact that so if you don't see if someone steals that soon, don't be surprised. Um, what else? Yeah, with uh, Southern Underground Pro had um the uh, the opening tag match was for uh, they were crowning their first ever tag team champions. It was uh, Violence is Forever, made up of uh, Dominic Garini and Kevin Q versus uh, To Infinity and Beyond, the team of Colin Delaney. Y'all remember Colin Delaney from WWE that one time? Oh, yeah. And uh, a dude named Cheech? I don't know. But uh, their gimmick is they like Buzz Lightyear. And uh, mm. I'm for it. Whereas uh, Violence is Forever is just a bunch of dudes who they like to have fun beating people up. Forever. And I, I would really recommend you guys, like you two, like Wade and Joe, check out uh, Dominic Garini and Kevin Q, uh, both individually and as a tag team. I think you guys would really like what they do. Like, they're very submission and MMA-based, but, like, they have this charisma about them that, like, it can't be described. You just, they, it, they, just have, they just have that thing where it's like you want to watch them. You want to see more of what they do. And uh, they were uh, uh, on commentary. They said they were the, quote, uncrowned tag team champions i guess based on like their win-loss record in the 
in the promotion, but now they're officially crowned champions. Uh, I do like their new belts. They kind of reminded me of, um, trying to remember the belt. Like they kind of remind me a little bit of the IWGP Intercontinental title in shape, but with like a purple strap. I've never, I, I, I can't recall the last time I saw a belt with a purple strap. And uh, uh, title. I said a title, not a, not an abomination. Hey man, I was just helping. <laughs> nah, I appreciate it, but um, I highly recommend. I, I highly anytime you see Violence Is Forever or Kevin Q and Dominic Green, I can't gush enough about them. I think they're one of the best tag teams in indie wrestling today. Um, uh, but uh, are your wrestling son from Glory Pro was was really good. Um, I I'm so happy that Michael Elgin uh, does is no longer associated with that promotion because I think they're a company that now that he's gone and his funk is off it, I think is going to prosper a little more, especially after the collective. Um, it um like they're like they're very like it Glory Pro kind of feels like what Ring of Honor used to be, if that makes sense. Like think about like a combination of like early Ring of Honor shows mixed with like how they're doing like the modern day pure tournament. That's mm-hmm. kind of what it feels like. Um, I recommend like you see some of their shows. Uh, if you want to see this show, either one of you guys, I'll give you access to my fight account, and you can actually watch any of these shows if you want to. Um, but uh, I think my favorite show of all of them was uh, Effie's Big Gay Brunch. Joey Janela's Spring Break was probably uh, number two just because of the Ricky Morton-Joey Janela match, which I guarantee you Jim Cornette did not like, especially uh, – but you know what? It's the first match I ever see en- I've ever seen end with a reversal of a figure four. Oh. And I don't mean like – and what I mean is like not, not the one where it's like they go for the figure four and they do a roll-up. I mean like they did the thing where he reverses the pressure and yeah. Joey taps. So they're on their stomach, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that. And, that. and, of course, what did he hit before that? A Canadian Destroyer. Of course. But you know what? I'm going to let Ricky Morton do that Canadian Destroyer. I'm going to let him have it. That's Ricky yeah. Morton's move, as far as I'm concerned. He... The Big Great Gay Brunch was awesome because not only did you have uh, the Twink Gauntlet, which was basically a big-ass gauntlet match with a bunch of wrestlers, some gay, some not gay, some bi, whatever, uh, whatever side of that spectrum they're on. Um, I think the, the standout from that uh, was a wrestler named uh, Mike Paro, who like is just like a big, like rugged, like fuck you up kind of guy, uh, who uh, I found out got married recently, and uh, he is gay, and I'm all and I'm happy for. Him and his husband, but oh my god, he was like he had he showed up a couple times throughout the show, and he was always like, you know, when you watch Royal Rumble, and they always say like, oh, the the big show is like the threat to win because he's so big. Yeah, he was legit. <laughs> like I like he they actually said it and built him up like the threat to win, and of course you know a baby face would like you know upset and get him get him for the win. But uh, I would also recommend looking him up. He, he's pretty. He's pretty fucking. He looks like the kind of guy who wouldn't. He looks like the kind of guy who would like look at all the stupid shit going on and be like, "I'm not fucking doing that." But he does, 
and it's great because it just it's just this it'd be like if Jim Cornette actually showed up to an episode of AEW and was happy about it. <laughs> like that's what it's like. Like like what 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 is um what does he always say? Uh like a stranger or a, like whistling Dixie singing Stranger in Paradise or whatever the fuck is that analogy Jim likes to use? Yeah. It, it, it was basically like that, but it worked. Um, my favorite legitimate match, like where it was like just competitive, what and I'm, and I'm a little biased. I'm a big Cassandro El Exotico fan. Uh, was Cassandro versus Sonny Kiss? I thought going in, I was like, so you've got the be- the the best uh, Mexican Exotico to ever do this. You've got the best American Exotico doing it now. Like it just felt like an Exotico dream match that on paper you don't think you want, but then you see it and you're like, holy shit, like I need this fucking match. And it was really good. It was really competitive. Cassandro, even at his age and as long as he's been doing it, is can still go and still put on like dude took a spill. Like he went to the top rope to go do a moonsault, and Atticus Kogar in the uh clusterfuck, which was later that day, just shoves him off the top rope and he lands on like three chair three open chairs on the concrete. Like I know Cassandra's got to be, like, close to 50, and, like, you should not be taking bumps like that off the top rope to fucking concrete. Yeah, it sounds like a real fun bump. (laughs) Oh, it looked fun. I'll tell you that. And the first thing that scared me was, remember, um, Wade, when we watched the Ring of Honor Big Bang show? Somewhat. And uh, it was the night the um, the Briscoes lost the tag titles to uh, Kings of Wrestling when they had their year-long title reign. I barely, ha- I barely have memory of the this event. Okay. I remember going. I remember seeing it. I just don't remember it. Well, Cassandra wrestled Red Titus that night and broke his fucking leg. And when he oh, fell, oh, I remember that. And then, when, well, when he fell, I thought he broke his leg again. I was fucking terrified, but he was fine. He came back later. He he, he was fine. Uh, everything's good. Um, but it, my favorite match as far as ridiculousness. Had to be. It was supposed to be Effie versus Priscilla Kelly. Did it have a uh, Rob Deerdeck in it? Huh? Did it have Rob Deerdeck in it? No. No, no, no. Um, it was supposed to be him versus uh, Effie versus her in a too hot for TV match. Uh, but she had uh I, some. They just said it was a family emergency. Whatever it is, I don't know. I can't speculate. Don't want to speculate. Hopefully, uh, everything's so, fine. I hope everything's fine. Yes. Um, so he, so they needed the right opponent and there was only one person who could possibly face Effie and that would have to be the ultimate twink, Marco Stunt. And I was a little disappointed because I was hoping it would be like Marco coming out in like ultimate warrior style deal, but it was like rainbow paint and like rainbow tassels and everything, but it was just Marco Stunt. Um, and they had a fun little match because because Effie's like that right height for someone like Marco Stunt, where like it's a little more believable. See, Effie's like he it's he can be believable with smaller or taller or bigger opponents, and for Marco Stunt, that's great because he can have a competitive match that you could like believe with someone like Effie. And Effie's great. Like not only is he a good wrestler, but he's a great entertainer as well, and just knows how to use the ring along with his gayness. And so they're doing all these, like, crazy, like, spots and bumps. Some serious, some funny. 
But my favorite moment of the whole match, and I and I told you about this, wait, and it's not just funny because of what they did. It was the circumstances within my own household at the time. So they get to a point where Effie or Marco reaches under the ring and he pulls out a cookie sheet. But he lifts the cookie sheet over his head, and you see a big penis, a big dildo, just chilling in the middle of that of that thing. A show and Joe. Yes. Wait, hold, on, hold on, I didn't see it. Lift it up some way. Um, oh. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, by the way, Joe, did you see that little black ball next to the penis? Uh, oh, show it to him again, Wade. The black ball. Um, yep. Okay, that comes into play in a second. So, Marco brings in to do whatever the fuck, don't know. It's like a lump of charcoal. Because Effie, cause huh. Effie like, beats him to the punch and commandeers it. And he goes to basically do the the Super Dragon uh, curb stomp. Not the Seth Rollins one where it's like the Famouser but with your foot. It's yeah. the one where he does the leg lock with yeah. the foot on the back of the head and then rams it forward. Well, he, he did that except without the leg lock. So he goes to do it so Marco's stunt will like deep throat the cock. And uh, Marco hits the ball, which is a pump, and just shoots fake jizz in Effie's eye, blinding him. So Effie's blind to this. Meanwhile, Marco's stunt motions to the to the back for someone to come out. It's a guy in a blow-up doll morph suit who his whole gimmick deal is he goes into the ring to distract Effie. So Effie's blind. So he wrestles Effie. Effie thinks that's Marco. So Marco can set up... Um, his shit to finish Effie off. And it's so dumb. It needs to be seen to be believed. Uh, it was fantastic. And as stupid as it sounds, it was done very well. Like, even if you're not a fan of it, I think anyone could look at it and say, well, I don't like it, but it was done well. And it was done the right way. And it wasn't offensive. Well, uh, unless you find it. Yeah, it was as tasteful as you can get with a a, a jizz shooting fake day. Um, the show was so much fun. Like, seriously, any uh, any show from the collective is worth your time. But if I had to recommend, like, if I would say could say like a top five, I would say um, number one, gotta watch, um, gotta watch Effie's Big Gay Brunch. I loved it. Uh, two, Joey Janela's Spring Break, Are You Wrestling Son from Glory Pro, and definitely For the Culture. Any other show is worth your time, but those are the ones I would say are that I got to watch were must-watch shows. Um, I, I just, I don't think there's one, I don't think there's one match or one moment on the show where you're like, man, that was kind of boring. Like, there was nothing boring. I mean... Plus, uh, you know, like I said, I, I mentioned Ricky Morton versus Joey Janela, Matt Tremont versus Alex Colon at Spring Break, uh, Marcos Santanefi versus Cassandro. Um, also, ACH and uh, AJ Gray had a really good match at Are You Wrestling Son? Like, if there's one match to watch from that show, I would say watch that one. And, okay, so if someone could help me out, I know you guys wouldn't know this because I don't even fucking know. So they, so apparently there's been this gimmick with Ethan Page and Tom Lawler where Ethan Page is a man known as the Karate Man and Tom Lawler keeps, like, killing him, but he keeps coming back to wrestle. Hmm. Let me tell you, Tom Lawler and Ethan Page had the best comedy match I have seen in years. 
The psychology of the match was so good. It's like, imagine if, like, they did a naked gun version of Bloodsport, the movie, not the not the Josh Barnett event. Like, uh, Ethan Page even comes out basically dressed as the dude. What was the dude's name from, from Bloodsport? Was it Kumite? I, I don't know. I've never seen Bloodsport. The big buff Asian dude. He's he's I from Enter the Dragon. I, I, well, well, he came out dressed like that guy, and of course okay. Tom Waller comes out in the fucking America pants because he's the because he represents the good old U.S. of A. Um, I, if, if if blood and guts isn't your thing from the AIW show, watch that one. Uh, other than that, I would say you know if any of these shows appeal to you, if any of these promotions appeal to you. Follow them if you um, if you'd like. Uh, IWTV Independent Wrestling Television ha- uh, has an app. You can get it from uh, App Store. You can get it from Google Play. If you have a Fire Stick, there's a you can get it on there as well. Um, IWTV or yeah, IWTV Live is the website, and you can watch all kinds of shows. I know Southern Underground Pro and Absolute Intense Wrestling are on there. Uh, I'm not sure if Glory Pro is on there, but um, some GCW shows, like not their main ones, so like you know, like Nick Gage Invitational that's coming up, that's not going to be on IWTV. But the show afterwards, so much fun, that's going to be on IWTV streaming live. Um, I know Freelance is on there. I know Paradigms on there, um, and Black Label Pro is on there as well. So uh, IWTV Live is where you can catch a lot of these other promotions, um, and there are other promotions on there that you should definitely check out as well. Um, I've been a big fan of ICW No Holds Barred. ECWA uh, has been really good as well. Uh, the Black Label Pro, I've watched some of their shows lately. And Beyond Wrestling is also on there as well. So uh, there's a lot of great stuff there. And just, they have a, a web shop as well, so you can get all kinds of cool merch from IWTV.live as well. Is, is, is that the same ECWA that's been around for years? I believe so, yes. Nice. Good to uh, I don't know if you said this, Scott, but the collective is it available? Is there a time limit on this, or is it like just available for forever? No, it, you it, unlimited replays. Once okay. you buy it, you own it. You can watch as long as the as long as fight exists, you can watch it. You get unlimited replays. And what's okay. great is like if you buy the bundle. So if you buy the bundle, uh, according to a friend of mine, uh, when you do it on the bundle, you have to watch it on the bundle. So it's like however many hours of show it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you you also have the individuals. So, like, if you buy the bundle and you're like, oh, I want to watch, you know, I want to watch this show, but I don't want to go through the time codes. When you buy the bundle, you automatically buy the individual show listed on there, too. So, okay, that's good. you just want to watch the one show. Like, if, you just, if you're like, I just want to watch Bloodsport. All you got to do after you purchase the bundle is just go to Bloodsport. And you can oh, that's cool. watch it that way. So, yeah, unlimited replays. Um, also, uh, GCW just had a show, uh, Last Resort, last night. That's one fight. Uh, and then the Nick Gage Invitational is coming up November 7th. And um, So Much Fun is going to be the next day on the 8th. Uh, Nick Gage Invitational will be on Fight. So Much Fun will be on IWTV.live. So independent wrestling, even in the COVID era, is alive and well. And, uh, yeah, support independent wrestling. Support your local promotion as best you can. You know, support all types of wrestling, support traditional, support comedy, support deathmatch, lucha libre, strong style, whatever. Support the wrestling you like and don't shit on the wrestling you don't like. Um, I do, uh, I 
did, there's some homework that I, I not homework, some housework I do right here. Uh, okay, so Will Osprey and Great Ocons, they have a name. It's called the Empire. Okay. So that's oh. the, that, that's the name they're using is the Empire. So that's the wow. stable they're trying to build. They come up with that one all by themselves. I know, but fucking, I mean, he left a group called Chaos. Well, yeah, but there's a reason for that. Uh, also, uh, I forgot to mention that over another thing that really made me love G1 is Haruki Goto's theme music is fucking awesome. Yes. Also, Shingo Takagi's theme music is awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. If there's one thing New Japan's been good at over the years, it's producing fantastic entrance music. Though, I will say, I'm not a big fan of Ibushi's. I don't know what this really sounds like. There's a lot of guitar yeah. squeals. There's a lot of guitar squeals, and it's like it's kind of annoying. Yeah, I really like. Um, and again, I'm not saying this because um, I'm you know I'm, I'm a New Japan uh, I'm a I'm a New Japan weeb or anything, but I actually <laughs> prefer John, I actually prefer John Moxley's whole deal in New Japan over AEW. Like, yeah. I like the name of his move yeah. in New Japan better. And I like his New Japan theme better. Also, I, mean, uh, I have to also appreciate uh, Sonata's theme. It's very kind of like Balzac a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's the drums. It's got yeah. the Balzac drums. Yes, that's what I was like. And I was it sounds creepy and spooky. And I'm like, this is... And also Evil's theme is badass, too. Oh, with the especially with like that, that long, drawn-out intro. Yes. And at the piano... And I guess, yeah. I mean, of course, Tai Chi's is probably the best theme ever. He sings which it to like, the ring. Which is actually kind of funny, because they didn't really need to give Evil a new theme, because he already had a theme. But I like that they went the extra mile. I appreciate it. Yeah, but also, yeah, Tai Chi's theme is definitely better. I mean, he definitely, he 100% sings it on yeah. the way to the ring. Yeah. You know 100%. That? I, mean, I, mean, his li- I mean, it looks like his lips aren't moving at all, but he's singing it. Well, no, that's how good he is. He's oh. so good that he can he can sing through his teeth. Yeah. And and just so perfect. Like, it's the recording. That's how good he is. That's why his nickname was Mr. Studio Quality. I mean, right now, Scott, on Skype, something happened and your video is completely gone. So I'm yeah. thinking your voice, you might just be, like, not even speaking right now. It's just going, going through your teeth right now. That is possible. That is yeah. possible. That's all I had to say. Yeah, I thought it was my Skype backed enough. I'm not going to lie. No, like That's why I raised my hand at that one point. Yeah. If something happened to where, like, the call glitched, and now Scott has no uh, visual. So y'all can't see me at all? No, I, yeah. I, I can hear. It's just your picture. That's it. Yeah, it just, it just shows us when you're talking. Yeah. All right, well. I guess that's going to wrap it up for uh, <laughs> this week's show. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Fuck you, Joe. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you enjoyed our thoughts on uh, G1 Climax uh, 30. G1 Climax 30. Yeah. Uh, 20 fuck you, Wade. Uh, and for the love of God, if you can hook me up with every episode of The Mullets, please email us, damn it. Well, Scott, the first episode of the Mullets was on YouTube, apparently. I'll still on while you while you do okay. Well, I'll do the plugs for real quick. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Mickadish MCP. Follow us on Instagram, Mickadish Productions. 
Follow us on Facebook.com slash Mikadish Productions. While Scott's doing a plus, I'm going to look up how many mullet episodes are on YouTube. Okay. Probably uh, all of the one. So, yeah. So, uh, Wade and I have our band Meteor King. You can find inf- all the info and everything at uh, MeteorKing.Bandcamp.com. Finally, all of our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, uh, SoundCloud, Reverb Nation. It's all... It's all linked there, and you can like and subscribe as you please. Uh, we also have digital copies of our music that you can get from there. We also have physical as well. So if you have uh, want to get a CD, you can get a CD copy of it. You can get uh, T-shirts, patches, pins, uh, you know, whatever you want. If you order anything that's uh, physical that has to be sent to the mail, we will give you a free Meteor King sticker. Um, you can either get the Ghoul Patrol mini sticker or you can get the pink die cut logo. Uh, it's random, but if you want a specific one, put it in the notes and we will give you the one you want. There is only one episode on YouTube, Scott. That I was hoping, I was hoping the person uploaded it would have uploaded the entire season, but no, they just upload random episodes of random shows, first episodes. Oh, I'm going to find it. Mark my words. I will find it. But, Joe, where else can they find us? Well, conveniently, that's what you guys were looking on. YouTube. We have a YouTube page. Uh, it's at youtube.com slash Productions. You can go there and find all of our video output. Um, we are also on Vimeo at vimeo.com slash Productions. Uh, you can check out all the shorts there. But if you want it all, you want all the shows, including Criterion Connection, including B-Movie Den, anything that we've done that's on video, uh, you got to go to the YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash Productions. Uh, go like the videos you like, subscribe, share with your friends. It's a big help. Uh, just definitely uh, check it out. All right, and that's going to wrap it up for this week's show. So thank you, everybody, for listening. We will see you next time. Until then, though, I'm Scott the Bot Savage. And I'm Sway Wade. And I'm still Joe. And we're always here to remind you to keep it clean. To raise your hand. But most importantly, you got to keep it. Keep it. Raise your fucking hand. hand.